Fly ball onto the track. At the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. And gone. What a game. What a moment. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to Flippin' Bats, where baseball's rolling. We got a lot to talk about. Spring training games are happening left and right every day now. We have baseball, which is always a good thing. Cody Bellinger has officially signed. We'll talk all about that. We're also going to go over the top five teams that I think will go over their win total this year. So stick around for that. Uh, we'll talk the spring training games. We'll talk A's throwing their own fan fest. We have name that swing later. This is going to be a really fun show. But make sure you all are subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, uh, Flippin' Bats on all social media. Flippin' Bats Pod, you can watch on YouTube, you can watch on Spotify, wherever. Just make sure you're subscribed and following along. Because, Alex, yep. it's going to be a big year. We got a lot happening now already. Spring training games are here. But first off, what'd you do this weekend? Anything exciting? It looked like you did some exciting stuff. Oh, hi. Yeah, we did. We're going to start with that. I'll get into that. We had, I had like a puppy weekend. Like a full... <laughs> That's I your did. Perfect I, weekend. It, it was like the perfect weekend. We had like a puppy party, barbecue. Um, yeah, I got to hang out with Chase Utley during the week, like kind of when that. full like spring training games came into full effect, which was so awesome. He's actually living out in London right now. And, you know, we have like the Fox series coming up. Yeah. The London series this year, June 8th and 9th on Fox. It's going to be Mets against Phillies, which is great. Hair. He's a full Silver Fox now. Wow. Yeah. But it was great to see him. I haven't seen him, I think, since 2018, 2017, 2018, like his end of his career with the Dodgers. Yeah. I don't know. So it was, it was fun. It was fun to see him around. But you were doing some baseball, too. I was with some major league legends, and you were with some possibly future major leaguers well, tell us about I, that if i molded their minds correctly yeah, so, they're okay. all gonna end up future major league <laughs> please legends. tell me okay no, you gave I, a speech you I, threw out the first I pitch i gave a speech i threw out the first pitch at the cheviot hills uh, pony opening day ceremonies gave a little speech about a two minute long speech so give us a speech uh-uh come on give me give yeah, me yeah, something yeah, yeah. like what, you, what are you I'll telling give, me help so me up right now let's was, go what was interesting about this is it's everywhere from like six-year-olds to like 15 year olds so you really oh. have to like it's almost like two different speeches in uh -huh. one right so it started with you know be a good teammate if your teammate gets a hit go up to him and give him a high five if your teammate oh, nice. doesn't make such a good play still go up to him and give him a high yeah, five be a good up. teammate uh, this, you know, at this age in Little League, it's all about being a good teammate and falling in love with the game of baseball. Yeah. And then for the older kids, it was a little bit like, hey, look, this this game is really hard. And if you <laughs> if you struggle, like, don't get down on yourself. Don't get mad at yourself. And then I kind of turned to the parents and was like, parents, a lot of that is, is on you. Yeah. Like, I've seen so many kids get burnt out from the game of baseball because the parents are so hard on the kids. Mm -hmm. And if they go 0 for 4, you got to go home and work even harder. It's like, oh, yeah. no, if you don't have a good game, go eat the post-game snack. Enjoy it with your teammates. <laughs> have fun. And this is okay. all about falling in love with the game of baseball. Like so that's that. kind of where the speech went. And then I all went right. out through the first pitch. and uh, looks pretty yeah. good. We had it behind us in the video. Like, yeah, not bad. The only thing you can't, you just can't bounce it. And the kid was. And don't hit the kid in the face. Right. That, I think so, that's probably number one. I get one. up there on the mound, <laughs> and the kid is like, all right, I'm catching you. And he gets behind home uh -oh. plate, and he is. Like this Tiny. big. Yeah, yeah. once like, he crouches oh down, you're like, you're below the strike zone. Right. I'm like, do yeah. I throw this? Like when I threw out the first pitch at um, 
the, at Angels. Angel Stadium, yeah. I threw it like yeah. hard. I'm, the, I'm not doing that here. So no, I was like, can't. I need to throw it a little. I can't bounce it. I'll just a throw nice it toss. up. If he catches it, he catches it. And he did. Yeah. It was great. All worked out. But it was a really fun day out there. And uh, yeah, hopefully molded the minds of yeah, some future major leaguers. Motivating the you next know? generation of baseball that's players. Exactly that's right. always so fun. That's exactly like some right. of my favorite Favorite stuff we used to do that I miss being a part of a team is like going out and being a part of the the community yeah. with the kids in the little league. But that's that's so fun. So now obviously little league's in full swing, but we also have spring training games in full swing. And I love this like first the first week or two of spring training games because you see some hilarious, crazy dusty plays going on just everybody getting used to being back in the game like I think it was this weekend we saw this weird scorpion kick inside the park yeah that was the Tigers like it's just like you just see the weirdest thing these first few weeks so what are you exactly you know what do you take away from these first two weeks I love the first few the first few weeks of spring training and then I get to the point of like can this end like let's let's get going here but I do you're right and I remember last year it was the year right when Fernando Tatis was playing shortstop, and last year in spring training was his first time playing the outfield. And one of the early spring training games, Tatis missed a fly ball, and everyone was like, oh, my God, he's going to be terrible. Yeah. Then he goes on to win the platinum glove in the outfield. So it's just funny, like, seeing that you look in the dugout before there's any cuts made, and there's, like, 60 players walking around in some dugouts. The Angels the it. other day, there were so many. Uh, my takeaway is just watching... Uh, I, I like watching new guys and new teams and watching, like Juan Soto the other day. Yeah. Hit a ball off the scoreboard in Ooh. Tampa, which is oppo. Yeah. Which I played in that stadium a million times, whether it was big league spring training games with the Tigers and we were playing the Yankees or when I was playing in high A in Lakeland, Tampa was in our division. Yeah. So we played in that stadium all the time. And that scoreboard actually isn't very close to the fence. It's a good bit back oh, there. And great. I remember in, in batting practice all the time, we would try and hit that scoreboard. Now, I'm right-handed, and mm-hmm. we're talking batting practice. Juan Soto's doing it as a lefty in a game, uh, in, his first game <laughs> in his first game with the Yankees in spring training. So that was really cool to see. Otani's making his debut today, by the way. I'm excited for that. Obviously, he said, we've heard him talk about, you know, my swing's feeling great, 100%, but after any kind of procedure, nothing's going to compare to an actual in-game at bat. So I'm excited to see where he's at, but also, like, don't put too much pressure on these first, like, couple weeks of spring training for anybody it's like you're getting your feel back you're getting your timing back you're getting everything contact like it's it's fun have fun while you're watching the games you i do love a good overreaction yeah though. i love it do you have These, one? Oh, yeah. all, like the dodgers scored eight runs in their first inning of the first spring training yeah. game against the padres and the immediate overreaction world is, series champs the Padres are going to go 0 and 162, and the Dodgers <laughs> are going to go 162 and 0. I mean, yeah. that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> um, no, just spring training is all about overreaction. What you yeah. want from the guys that you know are going to be look, spring training is completely different for different players, yes. right? Shohei Otani is going to make the team. Yeah. So you don't care if he goes. Uh, you'd rather him not, but you don't care if he goes 0 for 20 in spring training. You just want him to be healthy, yeah. hitting balls hard. Other players, it, it's all about making that opening day roster. So Fighting for that's your life. what I love about spring training yeah. is watching new guys on their new teams and watching the young prospects like a Jackson Holiday, yeah. like a Pete Crow Armstrong with the Cubs. Like, I feel like those guys could potentially make their team this year, but I really do think it's about having a good spring training and showing out. So 
Uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm just happy to turn on the TV and be able to watch baseball. Yeah, no, it's just fun to be able to now have it back on TV every yeah. single day. Well, let's talk about one of these teams, right? Because A's haven't had the best reputation with their fans <laughs> over the last couple of years to, you know, it's kindly putting it. So what did the fans do? They decided to throw themselves their own fan fest, which is, it's so on brand for Oakland. It's I, beautiful. I love it. I they, love it too. They haven't. They haven't had a fan fest in in years. I believe since since COVID, they haven't had a fan fest. Um, so what the, the the fans and the last dive bar up there in Oakland decided to throw their own fan fest, and yeah. thousand like close to ten thousand fans showed up. And I've, I've yeah. said it a million times, and I'll, I'll say it again. But this has never been about a lack of fans up there. No. It's such a good fan base. It was really cool to see them. So many former players. Grant Balfour was there. Trevor May was there. Uh, it was just, it was really cool to see. By the way, yeah. Trevor May um, said something very interesting. Okay. A guy that played for the A's and was there during the all the relocation talk, and he was up there and interviewed. And what he said is that after news of the Vegas relocation broke officially, yeah. um, owner of the team, John Fisher, gifted the players like cheap Gap brand cowboy boots. So they all like showed up to their locker and they all had these cheap Gap brand cowboy Wait, boots. what? The Fisher family owns Gap. And he got all the players no. as a relocation gift. No. Like cheap cowboy boots from Gap. No. Uh, just, a, it's a mess up there. The, the team hasn't even... Every the team hasn't even had their comments turned like, on on also, social media like, for months. You can't comment. Cowboy on boots to Vegas. That makes sense for Nashville. Like, get them something flashy. You're going to Sin City. You're going like what? Yeah. Look at this. They, what? For for months, you can't comment under like it's opening day or we have a lineup. Here's the lineup That's for so today's weak. game. You cannot That's comment so weak. on. Oakland A's social media post Grow because they've Oakland. turned off all of their comments on X or Twitter or whatever the hell we're calling the it. The whole point of social media is connect with your fans. And you can't even do that because fans can't even comment on your stuff that you're posting. Well, they're taking it into their own hands now and throwing their own fan fest, and I love it. I love it. That's just bad. Let's yep. switch to some good news, right? Cody Bellinger finally made a deal with the Cubs, signed an $80 million three-year deal with an opt-out Every single year. So it seems like a good deal for both sides. Yeah. Right? But what are your thoughts on this opt-out in his contract? So he's back. And, and yeah. I, I remember it was a few weeks ago. I think you asked, like, can the Cubs make the playoffs or can they win the division? And the answer yeah. was, well, they can if. if they sign Cody Bellinger. This was a necessity, in my opinion, for the Chicago Cubs. And they got it done three years, $80 million. Always kind of felt like Cody was going back to the Cubs, especially once Soto ended up happening with the Yankees. Yeah. It, always, it just felt like this was going to happen. And it was just a matter of, like, who was going to wait out who longer. You had Boris with Bellinger, who wanted a long-term deal. You had the Cubs, who didn't want to pay him what he, was, what he wanted. So three years, $80 million. It goes $30 million, $30 million, $20 million for that third year. And as you said, Alex, there are those two opt-outs after the first two years of the contract. 30-30. Uh, opt out, opt out with each of those, and then 20 for the last year. So obviously the Cubs needed this. They needed his bat. He was such a difference maker for him last season. So when you look at this Cubs kind of projected lineup now, how strong are they? Are they as strong? Do they have a chance? 
Yeah, I, I think so. If you're watching, you can see the lineup in the wall. I, I like this a lot. Yeah. Um, I so it goes what what we're thinking is Nico Horner, Ian Happ, Dansby Swanson, Cody Bellinger slots in there at four. Saya Suzuki, Christopher Morel, Michael Bush, a new addition, Jan yeah. Gomes, and Pete Crow Armstrong. Look, Cody Bellinger um, wasn't a – this was a necessity for the Chicago yes. Cubs. If they want to compete this year and not compete, I do think – I think they're going to be a good team. I think PCA out there in center field is the future. I, I think this just gives so much flexibility Kay. to the lineup. Do you play Cody Bellinger in center field? Do you play him at first base? Do you DH Michael Bush? Do you play Michael Bush at first? What do you like? And and this almost allows so much flexibility. The way this deal is, I like it a lot for the Chicago Cubs. Mm. And and you ask about the opt-outs. Yeah. Why are there the two opt-outs after the first two years? It's kind of weird to see that. Well, to me, the knock on Cody Bellinger was okay, the Cubs took a flyer on him and paid him one year $17 million because he was a former MVP but he had not been good for the years coming up to that signing. Yeah. So he has one really good year with the Cubs. Well, the knock for me is, are you going to pay this guy for all of those years and, and all of that money that he wants after one year? It, it almost feels like he, I would want to see that proven a little bit more. This allows you to not pay that, you know, eight year, 200 plus million dollar contract to the guy. And it's like, Hey, Go prove it again. We'll give yeah. you a high AAV, which is $30 million for the first two years. And if you have another year where you hit over 300 and have an OPS over 1,000 and you're exactly what you did last year, mm -hmm. hey, opt out and get you that long-term deal. Yeah. But for right now, we'll give you this. And it almost it feels like a deal that allows him to go prove himself again and again. And if he does, then he's going to go get paid. And if he doesn't, then he can opt in for his contract next year and make $30 million again. I do really like it for the Cubs because they have a lot of upcoming prospects. One of those guys being a guy that we have in this projected lineup, Pete Crow Armstrong, who I believe is the center fielder of the future. It just allows a lot of flexibility because Cody can play center. He can play corner outfield. He can play first base. He can obviously DH if you need him to. So it allows you to not sort of jeopardize the future prospects that you have coming up in the organization yeah. while allowing you to be um, competitive this year and not breaking, baking, breaking the bank payroll-wise going forward. So it's a three-year deal for $80 million with those opt-outs. I like it for the Cubbies a lot, and it's kind of, for me, uh, a contract for Cody. It's like, go prove it. Go out and prove it again and again, and then you can get that massive contract that I think you want. And when you look at the NL Central, right, you got the Brewers, the Cubs, the Reds, Pirates, Cardinals. Personally, my sneaky faves are the Reds with Ellie De La Cruz, but with the Cubs securing Cody, do you think they are now a favorite in the NL Central? I Again, I, I think for the Cubs to be competitive and to win the NL Central, Cody Bellinger was a necessity. Yeah. And I absolutely think that they can win the NL Central. I think there's a few teams that win the NL Central. But if I were right now yeah. to pick the winner of the NL Central this year, I don't see how I'm not taking the Cincinnati Reds, man. Yeah, Look at that rotation is by far the best in the division. If everybody's healthy, and even if they're not the depth there, you can say if everybody's healthy about any team. If everybody's healthy in this rotation that has Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, 
Frankie Montas, Graham Ashcraft, Andrew Abbott, and a new addition, Nick Martinez. Well, that's easily the best rotation in the NL Central. Now, yeah, you can tell me that the St. Louis Cardinals have the best offense in the NL Central, and I would probably agree with you there. But if you were to tell me that the Cincinnati Reds at the end of the year will look back and say that they had the best lineup in the NL Central all year long, it wouldn't shock me. The thing is, it's a team that is very young with a lot of unproven guys that started to prove themselves last year and now have a full season that they can get under their belt. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget, the, the Reds didn't call up Christian Encarnacion Strand and Ellie De La Cruz until the latter half of the year. Yep. So now you get Ellie, a full season of Ellie, who's not going to come up and hopefully put all the pressure in the world on himself. You get CES. You added Jamer Candelario. You have a full season of Matt McClain. You have Noel V. Marte, a young 22-year-old big-time prospect. You have Will Benson. You just re-signed Jonathan India. You have Spencer Steer, TJ Friedel. So there's almost like... What do you do with this lineup? Uh -huh. There's so many infielders. There's a surplus. There's depth. There's really young, exciting, unproven guys that I think we could look up at the end of the year and say the Cincinnati Reds were the best team in that division. And with that rotation that they have that is going to be really good and a lineup that I believe can be really, really good and a division that I don't think is very good, how are you not taking the Cincinnati Reds to win the division despite having the third best odds to do so? Give me the Reds in the NL Central. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Woo. No, I. they're my sneaky faves. I, I said it off the top. How do you not with that, like, powerhouse young talent team that's hungry? It's going to be exciting. Yeah. It's actually going to be, like, a pretty fun division to kind of keep your eye on this year. But now let's talk about some teams, right? We're going to have some fun with – over-unders. We're going to go through five teams, and you're going to tell me if you think they're going to go over their win totals according to, I think we're getting these from FanDuel. Yes. So what we're actually, yes. But this week, so what I want to do is okay. I want to, I'm going to, I went through all of the win totals according to FanDuel, and what I did was I picked five teams that I like their over, okay. and then next week I'm going to do five teams that I like their under. Okay. So this week we're going to start uh, with the five teams that I like they're over. And Alex, what I, what I want to do is start with a team that we were just talking about. Because I don't want people to hear me say, I don't think the Cubs are going to win the NL Central and think that I don't think they're going to be a better team with the potential to make the playoffs. Because the first team, Alex, is the Chicago Cubs. Mm -hmm. Now, their win total is set at 84 and a half wins. I like them to go over that total. I really do. Yeah, I mean, last season, what, they had 83 wins, second in the NL Central, but they had, I see it. I, I see it, especially with the addition of getting Cody Bellinger back. Yeah. They, they didn't lose too many people. They lost Stroman, Stroman. which is a tough loss yeah. for their rotation. And they lost Candelario, who never really panned out once they traded for him. They traded for early in the season, Jamer Candelario, and he, he just wasn't a massive producer for that lineup last year. So I don't I don't view that as this huge loss. But the notable additions are Shota Imanaga in the rotation, who I think can be a really good number two or three guy in that rotation. Justin Steele has spoke wonders about the guy. Said he stood yeah. in, watched a bullpen of Imanaga's, and was blown away by everything about him and his bullpen. So I'm excited for him this year. They added Michael Bush via that, that trade, which I think is going to be huge for the lineup. And then Hector Neris. The Cubbies have 
a sneaky, really good back end of the bullpen. Um, Alzali and Neris in the back end mm-hmm. is dominant. A, a rotation that I think is adequate. I would. I, I'm not going to say it's a good rotation, uh, but I like Justin Steele a lot. Uh, Jamison Tyon's kind of a question mark for me. Shotani Minaga is a question mark for me. Hendricks in the back end of the rotation. So we'll see. But I, I do think lineup-wise, mm-hmm. I like it a little bit more. Pete Crow Armstrong, I think, has the ability to come up and, and be a potential, like, rookie of the year kind of talent. Okay. He's very good. Adds a huge dynamic to that outfield. If he's playing if he's playing center field, he's one of the best center fielders in the game of baseball. Um, so I'll take them over 84 and a half wins. I really do think they're better than they were last year. They won 83 games last year. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Cubs over. Okay. Next up, we have the team that made the biggest splash this offseason, the Dodgers. And you have them going over 103 and a half wins. Well, Alex, as we are recording this episode, yes. currently the Dodgers just made another signing and signed Kike Hernandez. So he is back hey. in, in Dodger blue again. So here's the thing with the Dodgers. Anytime that I see a win total over 100 games, mm-hmm. my mind immediately goes to under, under. Under. Do not bet the over if it's well. If it's in the hundreds, it just feels like that's a lot to do with the hype and and all of that stuff. So the Dodgers win total is set to 103.5. But after winning 100 games in 2023, I'm going to take the over of 103 and a half for the Dodgers. Here's why. There's a couple reasons. There's obviously the signings which I can get to in a second. But they won 100 games last year and really had a lot go against them pitching health-wise um, and, and you know, a lot of different injuries popped up. They ended up losing uh, after last year's team from they're going to lose J.D. Martinez, Pepio, and David Peralta in, on that mm-hmm. offense, Pepio pitching, J.D. DH spot. But the additions, to me, it just screams – this team is by far going to be the best, I, I think going to be the best regular season team in baseball just because the NL East is a dominant division. You can talk to me about the Braves, but that division is going to be really challenging. With the additions the Dodgers made this offseason of Shohei Otani, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Tyler Glasnow, Hernandez, Paxton, and that's just so far. Who knows what they're going to do? Uh, but Teoscar Hernandez is just the sneakiest, most underrated it's addition so to this good. team. After, the guy's really, really good, but we're not even really talking about where he's going to slot into that team because of the billion dollars they paid to Otani and Yamamoto. But you add Glass now to that rotation. You get Bueller back at this at some point this year, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, you add Glass now to the rotation, Yamamoto to the rotation. So now you have a rotation that is really good, and you have depth. And then you add all of these guys offensively that we just talked about. You get Gavin Lux, who unfortunately got hurt in spring training last year. So there's just so many additions. And then I look around NL West, and I still don't believe it's going to be a a great division. I mean, the Giants, I don't think, are going to be a a very good baseball team. The Rockies are going to be – you're just going to steamroll through the Rockies. 
The Diamondbacks are an improved baseball team. The Padres aren't on paper as good as they were heading into last year. So there are a lot of divisional wins out there for the Dodgers. And then they're just going to – I just think offensively this is going to be one of the best lineups that we've ever seen. 103.5 wins. Give me the over for the Dodgers. I really do believe they can win four-plus games this year. Another fun addition. You mentioned Teoscar Hernandez kind of going – undercover as a, an addition that they got because of the billion-dollar guys. But another thing he brings that I've seen just on social media is personality. Yeah. Have you seen him connecting with Otani and Yamamoto? He's teaching them yeah. Spanish. He's taking all these fun little viral videos with them. And, and that's the thing that's going to kind of, like, break the ice with these international players and, and just having this new group of guys together on the Dodgers, which is what Kike Hernandez brings as well, which is, I think, another reason... They probably brought yeah. him back again just now. But you need these personality guys. It's just as important to, to bring everybody together, to, like, keep the vibes high. Like, it's it's huge. And just seeing this, you're like, you can already tell it's, it's there and it's happening. And it's going to be a fun year. It is. That is definitely very important. But also the production he brings can't be understood. I was talking to producer Taylor about this the other day. When, I think it was during the first spring training game between the Dodgers and, and the Padres. Teoscar Hernandez's first at bat, bases loaded double. And we were just saying, this guy is going to cakewalk himself to 100-plus yeah. RBIs this year. He's going to come up so often with so many guys on base. Who Think of who's going to be hitting ahead of him. Let's, in, in that lineup, yeah, he was, where hitting, do you see him he was hitting fourth the other day. But that Will Smith wasn't in the lineup. So yeah. I, Mun, I don't think Muncie was in that opening day lineup. So you're going to be somewhere mixed in after. You have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani. And then whether he's hitting four or after so Will Smith, either way, yeah, you're gonna ha you're gonna come up with so many guys on base so often that he's just a guy that he's such a good hitter mm -hmm. with so many opportunities with runners on base. Um, I, I mean. Teoscar Hernandez, over 100 RBIs this year, I think is probably the easiest that you could count on. Also, like, not a ton of pressure because all eyeballs are going to be on Otani and Yamamoto. Yeah. So he's going to be able to do it and just kind of breeze through. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot they got this guy, too, who's yeah. like an absolute all-star. Yeah. So that's going to be By the way, fun. a full season of Bobby Miller. I'm a huge Bobby Miller fan. Yeah. I think he's going to have a great year. I just, I love the rotation. Yamamoto, Glass now. Bobby Miller, you'll get Bueller back. You'll hopefully get Kershaw back. You you got James Paxton. I I like it. I uh huh. Uh, over 103 and a half wins. Have we gotten Dodger gear yet? Are you coming over to the good side? I don't have any. I don't have any Dodgers gear, but um, probably Shohei gear soon. Uh huh. It's a coming. All right, let's move on to our next team, the Yankees. Obviously adding another huge power bat in Juan Soto. Over 93 and a half wins. Yeah, so here's the thing with the Yankees this year. Again, 93-and-a-half wins in a division that is so, so good is a number that does scare me a little bit, especially after winning 82 games last year. Yeah. So, you know, I was sitting here thinking, okay, they won 82 games last year. They add Juan Soto. Is Juan Soto worth 12 wins for, for a team in, in that division? No. But you had Aaron Judge, who missed the majority, uh, uh, such a massive chunk of last year. I don't think when he did come back that his toe was completely healthy. No. So he didn't have a year that I think he's going to have a fantastic year. He's one of, if not the best hitters in the game of baseball. He's a great outfielder. You pair him in a lineup with 
with Juan Soto now. You pair him with, let's not forget, Anthony Rizzo, pre that weird concussion thing that happened last yeah. year that went undiagnosed for so long, was killing it. And then that concussion happened that was undiagnosed, and he played for a while, and he couldn't hit. Well, now he doesn't have to deal with that. You also add to the team a big energy personality guy in Alex Verdugo. You add Marcus Stroman, mm-hmm. who I think, look, despite all of the like talk on social media about when he first signed there, I think Marcus Stroman's going to be a great New York Yankee. I really do. I think he's huge for that rotation. You add Soto, you add Stroman, you add Verdugo, you add Grisham, who can play a great defense and uh, be a, a good like base run. Just adds a lot of versatility for your team. And what you lost is uh, Michael King, who I, I like, Burrito, Vasquez, Higashioka. This team got a lot better. They're going to have a good rotation. Carlos Rodon looked fantastic in his in his spring training debut. Remember, Just again, that, there that was lasts. so many injuries last year. Carlos Rodon was out a massive chunk of the year, and when he did come back, it was never it never felt right. Now it feels like he's coming into the year healthy. You have Gary Cole. You add Stroman to that rotation. You have Soto and Judge hitting back to back. I think this team should be. I, I think they should be a World Series favorite. I think they're Ooh. a very good team, obviously health dependent, but so is so many teams around the league. I really like the Yankees. I'll take them over 93 and a half wins. The ultimate World Series faves, Yankees and Dodgers is what you have right now. I actually That's I, hot. I think the That's I good. think the, I think we're underrating the Yankees in the public eye. I think it's fun to poo-poo on the Yankees, right? I, I really do. I, I think, poo-poo? I, I said this the other day. I said, uh, here's an underrated team that I think can win the World Series. And I said the New York Yankees. And you hear, well, they have like the fifth or sixth best odds to win the World Series. Well, hear me out. Those same people that are saying, oh, really underrated? The New York Yankees, the team that's talked about all the time, are the same people saying the rotation has no depth behind Garrett Cole. Aaron Judge can't stay healthy. Giancarlo Stanton can't hit, can't stay healthy. That This and that and this and that and one thing leads to another. And next thing you know, they're saying there's no depth on that team. You get one injury, the Yankees are going to stink. They won 82 games last year. They're a fourth-place team in that division. There's no chance they come back and win the division this year. Well, I disagree with all of that. I do believe there's more depth on the team this year. I do believe the pitching staff is going to be very good. By the way, there's a lot of Blake Snell speculation out there with the New York Yankees, but we won't Whoa. talk about that because it hasn't happened. I, I think mean, this that would team be huge. can win 94 games in a yeah. really good division. We'll see. But I, I really do think the public eye that's not Yankees fans yeah. is downplaying how good this New York Yankees team is going to be in 2024. You just kind of slid that Blake Snell in there. If they get Blake Snell, they're, yeah, definitely over 93 yeah. and a half wins. Okay, but let's move to a team we were just talking about. Both of our NL Central faves, the Reds, over 81 and a half wins. So, Cincinnati Reds, win total, sitting at 81.5. Last year, Cincinnati Reds won 82 games. Mm. Okay? So, how is this team not better than they were in 2023? They absolutely are going to be better. They easily have the best starting pitching rotation in the NL Central. Easily. I don't even think it's it's a question. You, you have, again, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft, Frankie Montas, a good new addition, uh, Nick Martinez. This team is 
clearly the best rotation in the game. Then you have a lineup that is just full of these 20-something-year-old guys that have so much talent. Mm -hmm. So you, you also added Jamer Candelario to the, to the team. Again, Montas and Martinez additions to the rotation. So the offense, I think, is going to be better. I think Ali De La Cruz is going to step up and have a really good first full season in the league. I think Christian Encarnacion Strand is going to be really good. I think you get another full season of Matt McClain, Spencer Steer. In my opinion, the St. Louis Cardinals have the best offense in the NL Central. But by the time September and October rolls around, we could very easily be looking back saying the best offense in the NL Central this year was the Cincinnati Reds because their young guys stepped up, took a massive step forward with that rotation. The winner of the NL Central was for a big chunk of the year, the Cincinnati Reds. And I think we're going to be able to look back and say that. I will take over 81 and a half wins. They won 82 games last year. They are exponentially better this year. Give me the Reds over 81 and a half. All right. I like that. Let's move on to the World Series champs, the reigning champs, the Rangers, over 89 and a half wins. Yeah, so the Rangers are my last of my, my five favorite over win totals. The, the Rangers are set at 89 and a half. Now, you might be saying, again, a big thing that I want to clarify. Actually, I'll do it after I talk about the Rangers. But they're sitting at 89 and a half wins. AL West is going to be a good division. So you have the Astros. You have the Mariners, who will be a good team. So 89 and a half is, is a high number for a, a team that will be good and a team that won the World Series last year and won 90 games last year. Not even going to mention the Angels? Admittedly, <laughs> no, I'm not going to mention the Angels. I don't think they're going to be great this year. I do think they'll be, I think they'll be a decent this year. 90 wins last year, World Series champs, 89 and a half wins is what their win total's at, and they admittedly didn't add much at all no. and they've lost Jordan Montgomery at least for now by the way still out there yeah but they've lost Jordan Montgomery Mitch Garver Aroldis Chapman uh, Martin Perez is also not there so why am I taking them over well I think they found their stride in the playoffs and by that I mean yeah I think they found their their confidence and the way they want to play as a team I also think they get a full season of Evan Carter who is a, a star in the making that guy during the playoffs and during the World, World Series, showed the world how good he is. He can hit for a high average. He can hit for power. He's got a lot of speed. He plays a really good defense. Evan Carter is going to be really good. Their only additions are Maley and, and David Robertson in the back end of the bullpen. But I think, uh, and I, I mentioned this earlier in the offseason, I think Adolis Garcia's career changed in the playoffs. Yes, it did. I, and, and if we're going to get more specific, I think his career changed when he got hit against the Astros mm -hmm. and went 0 for 4 with four punch outs that next game. And then his fifth at bat hit a home run. And from that point onward was the best player in baseball last year. And I know there weren't a lot of teams playing, but the best player in the playoffs and MVP of the, of the World Series and, and all of that. So I, I think maybe there's not a ton of additions, yeah. but what they learned about themselves as a team, I think is, is invaluable. And I think they're going to go over 89 and a half wins. And I think they're going to be a really good team again this year. So I'm yeah. excited to see, uh, I really am excited to see a full season of Evan Carter. Yeah, no, that's going to be great. And it's crazy because they only, like, they won not, they 90 games last season. Yeah. And it was a race between them and the Astros down to the very last game. They didn't win the West, but they won the World yeah. Series. So it was, it was 
like you said, an end of season into the postseason push to be this great team that they became, yeah. the best of the best. So what I want to, to note before we move on to what we're about to do next with these win totals is, and, and we'll talk more about win totals next week when we do the top five under their win totals, is it's a lot about the division, who you're playing against. Again, that's why the Dodgers, the Dodgers win total has really been so high over the last. Are, are the Dodgers 13 wins better than the Texas Rangers? No. But the division you play in makes a big difference there. So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind, before we started last year, when I one of the big things I said is, hey, with these win totals, look at a lot of the unders. Because mm -hmm. last year was the first year that the schedule changed and you're you had to do a everybody. lot more travel. Yeah. You're playing everybody. You're not beating up on teams in your division as much. There's not as many division games. So yeah. I don't think we're going to see many teams win 100 games. And that ended up being true. There were a lot more teams that went under 100 than Vegas was predicting last year. So keep that in mind. But uh, those are my top five over win totals that I like. The Cubs, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Reds, and the Rangers. I love that. Okay, now we're going to move on to a list, right? Because majority of this offseason, we did your top 50 players for 2024. Well, our top 10 list came out just before MLB Network's top 10 list. So we're going to do a little comparison, Okay, Ben's top 10 versus MLB Network's top 10. So let's start with the two-time unanimous MVP, Shohei Otani. Ben had him at two, MLB Network had him at four. Yeah, so I think everyone in the world is, is in agreement that Shohei would be one yes. if he was pitching this yes. year. So um, before I... To dive specifically into Shohei, just a reminder of what my top 10 was. If you're if you're not watching, mm -hmm. uh, I'll read it. But if you are watching, you can see it in the board right here. At 10, 10 to 1, I went Trout at 10, Jordan Alvarez, Freddie Freeman, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, Corey Seager, Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna Jr. at number 1 for me. So I had Shohei Otani at 2. MLB mm -hmm. Network went with him at 4. So... For me, I look, Shohei last year, again, unanimous MVP, hurt a big chunk of the last month plus of the yeah. year, especially pitching, but still didn't play all the games at the end hitting-wise, and still hit, you know, as well, an OPS over 1,000, over 300. The reason I have him at two is because I think he can absolutely, if fully healthy all year long, can hit 50 home runs for the Dodgers this year. He's going he's gonna to drive in well over yeah. 100 runs in that lineup. I also think what we're... Yes, he's not pitching this year, so we're not getting the full Shohei Otani. But what we are going to get, in my opinion, is a guy that does do things very differently this year. He's not going to play defense. At least, that's I don't think he's going to play defense at yeah. any point. But what he is going to do is he's going to run a lot more. I honestly think we could look up at the end of the year and see Shohei Otani into the 40-40 club and becoming one of the few players in baseball history that's ever gone 40-40 because he's not pitching. He's going to run a lot more. He's one of the mm -hmm. faster players in the game of baseball. I get he's not playing defense. I have Shohei Otani as the number two in the game of baseball. Uh, I understand why MLB Network went four because he's not pitching, but I do think he's going to do more things than people realize. All right. I do too. He's also laser-focused on doing just one thing, and we saw how great he is when he's focused on doing two things. Now he is only going to be focusing on hitting and his base running. So, yeah, he's going to – Shohei Otani is going to do something crazy this year, and yep. it's going to be awesome. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to Corey Seager. You had him at three. MLB Network had him at six. Yeah, this 
six is just too low. There, there's really no, there's no way around that for me. Six for Corey Seager is too low. He's a guy last year that hit 327 with 33 home runs and an OPS of 1.013. And he came in second in the MVP voting, and he only played 119 games. He led the league with 42 doubles, and he didn't play in, what, let's say 120 to 160, that's 42, 43 games. He didn't play in 43 games, and he led the league with 42 doubles, hit 33 homers. You add in those 43 games, he's hitting well over 40 home runs, an OPS over 1,000. He hit almost 330 last year. I, I just... It's crazy. Six is, six is he's just the World long. Series MVP. He six, is the yeah. World Series MVP. And you don't have him in your top five. That's six is, weird. Six is too low. That's a little weird. Six is too low. But yeah. I, it's not, I, I like where yeah. I have him at number three. Obviously, it's, it's my yeah. list. We're comparing and contrasting. But uh, I see why they did four with Shohei. Seeger, I just, I, I, I really disagree with six there. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the AL Cy Young winner, Garrett Cole. Ben, you had him at 15. MLB Network had him at nine. Yeah, this for me is the biggest, this is the biggest one for me. I have Garrett Cole at 15. MLB Network had him at nine. Where my big disagreement comes is I, I just, a pitcher in the top 10 for me just doesn't make sense. Garrett Cole was my top pitcher on the list. And I think he's the best pitcher in the game of baseball right now. I really do. But putting a, a, a pitcher in the top 10 for me is just a, it's, it's a tough thing to do. So I really started, I dove into some numbers here. And okay. since 2021, Garrett Cole is second in wins. Uh, he's second in innings pitched. Strikeouts wise, he's first. But when it comes to war, specifically, and this is just amongst pitchers. He's sixth amongst all pitchers in war, and he's only playing one out of every five days. Now, what I'm doing here isn't arguing that Garrett Cole isn't the best pitcher in baseball right now, or even that since 2021 he hasn't been the best pitcher in baseball. That's not my point. My point is since 2021, Garrett Cole has ranked sixth amongst all starting pitchers in baseball and war. Amongst all players, 26th. 26th in war amongst all players. Now, why is that? Because he's not playing every day. So what they're doing is putting Garrett Cole at nine above a guy like a Mike Trout, who I have on, on my list at 10. I, above a guy like, uh, I, I think they had Trey Turner outside of the top 10. Mm. So my only reason for having him at 15, which is still really, really high for a pitcher in my opinion, I do not have many pitchers inside of my top 25. And really inside of, there's a lot, I, I think, between like 35 and 50. But you're playing once every five days. Putting a guy like that inside of the top 10, putting a pitcher inside of the top 10 is, is a bold statement. I had him at 15 specifically because he's just not playing every day. I do think he's the best pitcher in baseball. I do think he's going to have another dominant, dominant year. But I can't get around putting him ahead of guys like, like a Trey Turner and like a Mike Trout. An everyday and like player. A, they had him ahead of Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, like, that's I'm, weird. I'm, 
Uh-uh, not for me. You know what I think is weird? Okay, MLB Network had the AL Cy Young winner, Garrett Cole, at 9, but then they had Blake Snell, the NL Cy Young winner, at 30. Yeah. That's just, a little weird. It is. That's and a little weird. Yeah, the whole offseason for, for Blake Snell. It's, it's just it's been just strange. Weird. It's just it's What's just the guy got to do? What else has he got to prove? He just... He literally just won, like, the highest award you can win as a pitcher. Blake Snell. And he's nowhere right now. Garrett Cole just won his first Cy Young what? Award. Blake Snell has won two Cy Young yes. Awards. He's coming off a year that was absolutely remarkable. Incredible. And you're you're saying, and and look, I did, I had Blake Snell behind, behind Garrett Cole. You had 36. Cole, but where did I have him? 36. Yeah, I, I think there, I think Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball. I think last year was in line with where he currently is. And I think Blake Snell, uh, I, 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 one, it's preposterous to me that he hasn't signed yet. It's crazy. Crazy. But Blake Snell, I, I think, is going to, with, with his walk, I think he needs to get his walk totals in line a little bit. And I think he got bailed out a little bit last year with the strikeout number. He might take a little bit of a step back this year, but okay. still. Blake Snell needs – Blake Snell's going to be an ace of a stat, staff unless he signs with the Yankees, and then it'll be Garrett Cole and Blake Snell in the same room. Which, like, what? Yeah. That would be crazy. That would be fun. All right. I, I agree a little with your list, but uh, you hear the music? I do hear the you music. You know what that means? I do. Yeah, we're going to have some fun, guys. It's time for Name That Sweet. And Ben needs a little redemption from last week. First time uh, you weren't on the positive side yeah. of guessing the players. So Ben will have 30 seconds. We're going to put a player's silhouette swing up on the screen. So if you're listening, this is a good segment to, to watch. We will post it on all social platforms for you to be able to see. But yeah, he's going to have 30 seconds to guess who's swinging. Are you ready? I'm a little. I, first, we've done it three weeks. Yes. I went three for three, then two for three, then one for three. Uh-huh. It got really tough last week. It's okay. So we'll see. Little redemption. Are you we'll ready see. for this? Yeah. Okay. Let's get 30 seconds on the clock and get the first batter up. All right. Right let's handed go. batter. Uh, this looks like that's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got it. Done. Okay. Under five seconds. Two. This is, by the way, if you're just, yeah. just listening at this point, They've really, that was really zoomed in. I had nothing other than just straight swing of But his body type is like pretty, you can tell. They've, the power. Yes, my point is I had originally opposite dugout or fans or more of the stadium. So they've zoomed in to make it a bit You're giving yourself credit that that you got it really fast just by seeing that it was Vladdy. Correct. Junior. Correct. One for one. All right. 30 seconds back on the clock and let's get batter number two up. Okay, lefty. I do have the dugout, the Braves yeah. dugout. What is this? Is so this is a Braves player. What is that swing? Is that is that maybe Michael Harris? Um, lefty. It's you not Ozzy Albies. I don't see Ozzy Albies. It's obviously not. That's not Matt Olson. Five go, seconds. Go with your gut. I'll go Michael Harris the second. Okay. Nailed it. Okay, you're in two. the positive. All right. You're in the positive. Let's get back to perfect. Okay. One more. Let's get 30 seconds on the clock, and let's see if Ben can uh, go perfect. Okay. Ready? Lefty, go. Lefty batter. Uh, that looks like... Um, is this... My meat... I want to say... Is this Jason Hayward? Is this your final answer? Okay, fine. They're, they're just giving it to you. They're I, just no, giving I, it I, to that, you. That was my ass. Okay. Jason Hayward. Yeah. 
Woo. All right. Dang. Good. Three All for right. three. We're so bad. I feel like We're this was so like bad. a, they felt bad that it was so tough last week. They Alex, were making it a little easier You know damn well. Nobody you. back there feels bad about it. There's literal yeah. cheers in the control room no. when I get one wrong. No. Nobody felt bad. No. Trust me. Trust me. Three for three. That was good. Good job. That means it's going to be a great week. We got Shohei Otani making his spring training debut today with the Dodgers. It's going to be a great Yamamoto, day. Yamamoto, Wednesday, makes yes. his debut. Yes. So there's a lot going on. Um, also, this week, by the way, if you haven't listened, last week we had Dylan Cease on the show, which was really, really a, a yeah. good conversation with him. And it was really cool talking to him really quickly about, uh, I, I said, what's one thing, a rule or something you would change about baseball? Yeah. And he said, I wish more teams would try. Yeah, And then I we dove that. in on that conversation for literally like 10, 15 minutes, just that. And it was a really cool conversation, but all of it was. So go check out Dylan Cease. Later this week, we have Cole Reagans of the Kansas City Royals coming on, who's, by the way, throwing 101 from the left side in spring Ooh. training. Uh, he's going to be a great starter this year. So check out that later in the week. A lot going on in baseball. We're ramping up. Season around the corner. March is around the corner. But until next time, my friends, that does it. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast. Apple, Spotify. You can watch everything we do on YouTube and on Spotify as well. And follow on all social media at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. But for this week, for this episode, my friends, that does it. Remember, everyone, find your bat. Yes. And flip it. He did it. <laughs>